Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Arsenio Bug Show. Oh my god, guys, it's been a long time since I've talked about crypto assets and whatnot. But you know what? I just don't want to lose a lot of my followers already because I need to put some personal development out there along with what I'm doing on here. A lot of this is just a lot of blah, 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 but no actionable steps. It's more like, okay, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about crypto and then you're going to go on about your day. So it's not that fascinating, it's not that actionable, and that's why the market doesn't really like it. So when I put actionable stuff out there and talk about things that are relatable, then you guys are like, oh, I really like this, I really like this. So yeah, um, so yeah, basically today I'm just going to do a, <clears throat> excuse me, a relatively short podcast, again, because the birth, you know, crypto is just not, you know, it's not that fascinating. So anyways, the birth of altcoins. Okay, so basically altcoins, okay, those are... That's your Ripple, that's your XRP, that's your this, that's your that. There's a lot of different things. I took a quote right out of the book, and it said, Within a couple of years of launching, it had become clear that Bitcoin was the first fully decentralized cryptocurrency to gain significant adoption. But there were some aspects with which were not fully satisfied. For example, Bitcoin's 10-minute block time. So that 10-minute that block time, meaning it would take 10 minutes to make a purchase. And of course, if you're at the store and you're in line with 10 other people, okay, that's going to be an hour and 40 minutes if you're at the back of that line. So that's one of the biggest problems that Bitcoin had in the past. Now, I don't know what's going on now. They're putting out Bitcoin ATM machines. They're doing Bitcoin this. They're doing Bitcoin that. So there are a number of different things that are happening in the whole Bitcoin space. But you know what? That right there, it does – I mean like I said – if Bitcoin is going to make it to the next level, again, they're going to have to become more efficient. It's just like everything we do out here. You know, you're not going to keep taking a late-ass train, are you? You're going to find another mode of transportation. Ultimately, that train system is going to lose all its customers. That's just how it works. So here we go. The first darling of Bitcoin was Namecoin. Basically, Namecoin was like a CPU, CUP, whatever you want to call those things, and there was nothing really great with it, okay? But you know what? Litecoin. Litecoin was the first massive one. So there was this guy named Charlie Lee right out of MIT out there in Boston, of course, Massachusetts. He was a software engineer at Google. Well, he released it in 2011 of October, okay? So then... The great part about Litecoin is the transaction times were much faster on the blockchain, of course, the blockchain uh, compared to Bitcoin. So that's why it was probably just ahead of Bitcoin in terms of that. So another one, of course, was Ripple. Okay, now Ripple was created in 2004. This is what I don't understand. This was before Satoshi and everyone. Right, Satoshi released everything, you know, the blue, you know, the white print, all that stuff of, what is it, block, what is it, oh my god, Bitcoin out, what, in 2008, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, Ripple was created in 2004, so I'm like, well, they already knew what was happening, and so basically the, the developer of Ripple, his name was Ryan Fugger, he was saying that, we basically want to create money transactions with, like, trust. Now, if you go back to 2004, we still had checks in America. I don't know what country you guys are from. Okay, I know you guys listen to me in Spain and Jordan a lot of different places. If you could date back to 2004, depending on what age you are, 
Guys, there was no way you could send money electronically. If you try wiring money, I think the best way to do it, I'm sorry, Western Union, right? And so countries like Morocco, they can't send money outside. So then Western Unions are pretty much useless. So if you go back to 2004, hell, I don't even remember seeing that many ATM machines. In America, I mean, well, in Las Vegas, you know, in in Phoenix, Arizona, the, what is it, the ATM machines, what, there's only Bank of America. You would see a Wells Fargo from time to time, but Wells Fargo is not popular. Bank of America is the only bank. So if you go back to the 14 years ago, man, I don't know, Ripple, they were already developing, saying, you know what, this is pretty ridiculous. We should be able to send money very, very quickly on some form of database where there's a lot of trust versus what the banks do. And it's just amazing. I wonder what Ryan was thinking when, you know, everything had collapsed in 2008 and all these massive, long-lasting corporations, businesses, uh, firms, and everything just went tumbling down and filing for bankruptcy. So anyways, Ripple, they didn't have miners, but you know what? They had their own algorithm, okay? So that algorithm had a bunch of sub-networkers, and basically it just became a larger decentralized network. That's basically what Ripple was. Now, in terms of what the coin's currency and all the money and all that worth is right now, I'm not really sure. Don't really care about that right now because there are so many things that need to be regulated. So that's all going to change. Now, of course, there was Dogecoin. Now, the thing is, I don't know if you say Dodge or Dogey. But Dogecoin, okay, in 2013, a lot of people thought it was a joke. This guy, Jackson Palmer, he ended up buying the the domain name dodgecoin.com right makes sense and you know what after its launch it went to like 70 million overall the value in only seven weeks 70 million in two months in under two months but then of course it dipped below 20 million but if you still think about that 20 million in what two to three months that is massive so right now, obviously nothing, but of course, all of these coins are probably going to end up surging anyways. You had Dash, the developer, Evan Duffield, all right, got off to a rocky start. And the next thing you know, he had a significant, okay, surplus in terms of reliability and everything. But you know what? He said he was actually doing other things in his personal life, so he wasn't able to focus on what he was doing with Dash. So, of course, Dash ended up just going tumbling down and... Dash is a sucky coin today, apparently. So then you got Zcash. Zcash was insanity. Now, let me tell you what Zcash was. That value was beyond anything. Now, this is probably back in 2013. No one knew about it. I wish I knew about it. But you know what? At one point, one Zcash. Now, just imagine that Zcash. It just has Z on the front of it because it's called Zcash. One of those equaled. 3,299 Bitcoins. Can you imagine if you had one Zcash at that time and you say, you know what, I'm going to change all this, exchange all this for that many Bitcoins. You would fuck it. Holy God, man. You would probably be in the uh, the hundreds of millions because that value back then is $2 million at that time. Because remember, Bitcoin was already at 1,000 a coin. So if you have one Zcash and you say, you know what, let me get 3,300 Bitcoins. I think this is good. And then you got rid of your Zcash. And then, of course, Zcash ended up just calming down ridiculously and going just to, what, to 40 to 50 bucks a share. But if you would have had 3,300 Bitcoins and held on to until today, oh, my God. 
you're in the tens of millions easy. Now, I'm not a math whiz. You can do the math, but that is incredible. And so now I'm going to top you guys off with the last one. Now, I'm just going over these these coins, okay? I'm going to be talking about crypto tokens and everything on the next podcast. But you know what? By the end of 2016, the price of Bitcoin, what was it? It had reached a level just below 1,000 US dollars, right? And there were over 800 crypto assets at the time in the market that totaled over $17 billion, okay? And at that time, the top assets in that, of course, network were Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Litecoin, Monero, Ethereum Classic, and Dash. All right? Now, that was back at the end of 2016. This book was written at the end of last year, if I, yeah, if I can remember. So, now you guys are like, hey, Ethereum, that's it. I wanted to talk about that because now, of course, that founder, whatever his name is, um, he's been talking a lot on some YouTube videos about Ethereum, and he's absolutely brilliant and whatnot. So, I will be getting into that on the next podcast in terms of crypto assets. So you guys stay tuned for that. And so grateful to be back. Thank you so much for tuning in to this one. Hoping to give you guys some more groundbreaking news. And I might just be coming out with a little news thing coming up soon. So guys, stay tuned for that. As always, I'm your host, Arsenio. Over and out. <laughs>